Thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. Let's get going with what the Lord's put on my heart for this morning. Um, You know, as I prepared for today, I was reminded that it's not always about learning something new, but it's about embracing or maybe embracing in our daily lives what what, what is foundational as believers, what's foundational as believers, and and what what we know to be absolutes in our in our faith journey with Jesus, and so as I share this morning, they they may be kind of three elementary truths or or keys, right? As followers of Christ, you may even say that they are pillars to live by. So three pillars to live by. Um, you know, Pastor Joel will will often say we don't need a new word, but we need a now word. And, and though I, f- I fully agree with that, um, this is more of a, of, a, of a more of a remember word that I would like us and encourage us to, to be living out. So three pillars, more of a remember word. So let's just pray as we get going and then we will go from there. Lord, thank you for who you are today. Thank you for what you're doing in this place Lord, today we, we embrace your truths, and, and Lord, we, we ask that it would be fresh revelation to our hearts, that it wouldn't just be information. And Lord, we thank you that your desire is to accomplish what you set out to accomplish. And so as your word goes forth, Lord, that it would do what you want it to do. Lord, would you breathe on this time because it's your breath on your, on your word and your breath on this time that that really makes the difference in our hearts. So we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just turn quickly to Proverbs 4.23. In the NLT, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And in the NIV, um, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for everything you do flows from it. So really simply, we need to watch over our hearts. It's really clear in that scripture that that's what we need to do. We need to be conscious of of what we're allowing to influence us because what influences us will eventually make its way into our hearts and then that will be lived out in our lives, right? it, It influences. Everything that happens in life influences and it gets into our hearts and then from there, it manifests itself in our lives. I, I recently watched a movie um, called A Man Named Otto. So good. Actually, I heard it from Heather. And so then I watched it. Not just in this moment. And so the gist of the movie is about a man who has become very sour in life due to a number of circumstances and um, that have kind of taken place in his life. And so he's that type of guy that he wants to stay away from people. He's constantly complaining. He's critical about everything that's going on in life. And, and he really believes that he, it would be better just to be not around. That for him is, is the solution. And as the movie plays out, it highlights why he is the way he is. And in, and in some ways, you can appreciate why. And yet as followers of Christ, right, um, because of the hope that we have in him, we're called to, to live different, to, to respond differently to life, right? We, again, what, what we allow in affects our, our lives. So, so I'm not saying this morning, like, because to be honest with you, this man named Otto guy, or I guess his name was Otto, the guy, Otto, um, 
he was, he was pretty grumpy. And so I'm not saying this morning that I have a bunch of grumpy people in the crowd. Actually, that's far from it. And I don't want to minimize what somebody may be facing or what we can be facing. And yet, even when life throws our way, you know, something that's horrific, life-changing, like out of our control, doesn't make sense at all, right? We actually get to, ter- get to determine how it will affect us right? We get to determine that, how it will affect our hearts. We determine that every single day. We determine how things are going to affect us. So, so with that in mind, what decisions can we make daily that will, will be good for our heart? That's the question. What decisions daily can we do that will be good for our heart? So the first one is embrace a lifestyle of thankfulness. And so just before you maybe write me off or, you know, in regards to this point, because in some ways it could be a very generic elementary truth to be thankful, right? I, I, I totally get that. And we've heard lots and lots about being, thank, being thankful. Um, what I want us to understand is that true thankfulness is more than just having a positive outlook on life. It's more than just being like an optimist, like seeing the glass half full versus half empty or, or sitting around the, the, the Thanksgiving table uh, every once in a while, well, usually once a year, and giving, giving thanks for certain things, right? It's more than that. Those things are, are good things, right? But it, but it is more than that. It's more than voicing, I'm thankful, but actually not really meaning it. It's more than that. And I would actually go as far as saying being a truly thankful person can't be accomplished outside of Jesus. And, um, you know, even as I, even as I say that, I think in my own mind, and maybe you're thinking in your mind, well, well, I know some unbelievers that are really great, thankful people. Like, because I, I do genuinely know some, some people that are really, really thankful, that are really grateful for what's happened in their lives. But I would say that when, when times of misfortune, when times of tragedy come, right, those sorts of things, um, can true biblical thankfulness be found in the heart? That would, be my, that would be my question. So for those that aren't believers, I would say typically probably not, right? mainly because they're not looking to the Lord and they're not looking to Scripture. And I, I hate to say it, but we do see that sometimes in the lives of believers as well. And um, I'm not trying to be, to be mean. I'm not trying to be insensitive, right? But I'm just saying if, if His Word isn't central in our lives, it's very easy, right, to live contrary to God's design for our lives. He wants us to be thankful. But the moment we get our word or we get our, our gaze, our hearts off of the word, it's very easy to be people that are not very thankful, right? And I, I just want to prove this to you through scripture. In Colossians 2 and 7 in the NLT, it says, let your roots grow down, let your roots grow down into him. See, I was good at math. English, meh, okay. Um, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your faith 
grow strong in the truth that you were taught. So true, true thankfulness is first established in our lives by our lives being built on Jesus and his word. True biblical thankfulness can't be established any other way. Like, yes, yes, you can be thankful about things, but true biblical um, thankfulness when, when those really, really difficult times come can't be, can't be um, solid unless they're grounded in the word. And, and that's why as believers, when um, we can, how should I say that? When, that's why as believers, when grounded in his word, we can read these scriptures here. So these are really, really familiar, common scriptures. First, first Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And then um, again in the message, it says, be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong to Christ Jesus to live. So thank God no matter what happens, right? I mean, I, I was thinking about this a little bit, and I, I want us to, to recognize that God isn't cruel. He's not impersonal. He's not this like crazy person that says you have to be thankful when tragedy strikes or, or when, when life throws a, curve at, throws a curveball at you. Not at all. Like That's not who God is. But in moments when our faith is challenged, the most, um, the most we have to look to Jesus and embrace his word. That's what we need to look at. And so, because I can appreciate somebody saying, give thanks in all circumstances. Like, that seems so unrealistic. But when we're grounded in his word, we're able to give thanks in all circumstances. And, and just, just in case you do think that God is crazy or impersonal, that he just doesn't get it, right? I'm reminded of, of Jesus when Lazarus dies. And what were those famous two words, the, the shortest scripture in the, in the whole Bible, right? Jesus wept, right? So was he thankful in that moment? No, he was, he was sad. He was, he was brokenhearted. He was, he was heartbroken, right? But he could be thankful about what was to come. He was able to consider more than that moment. In verse 38 of that, uh, of John 11, where we talk, where we see about Jesus weeping, um, it says he was, he was deeply moved. And uh, Pastor Joel has said this about his pastor, Pastor Dave McGrew, how he says, God is not offended by our humanity. And I, I love that because it just speaks to this reality that, that, that we are definitely going to face tough times, but we can be thankful, for, thankful through that um, by having a bigger picture in mind, but also in that, we don't have to be perfect, but we have to just be like, God, we trust you in this. We know that you have a bigger picture in mind. Psalm 73, 26, just to go again with, with what my thought here. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail. Like, I, that's so freeing to me because it just reminds me of like, I don't, we, we're not robots that just have to be, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything, right? We, we may 
Our hearts may fail. We will face those difficult times. But he says, he says my, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So again, it's like we, we don't rely on obviously our own abilities or anything like that. We turn our gaze to the Lord and we say, strengthen me in this time because I definitely can't pull it off on my own right? There's this, this song right now, a new song that Bethel came out with on their album, um, Come Up Here, it's called. And this song is called The Great Beyond. And there's this, there's this one line in it. It says, I lift my eyes up to heaven. I know your love will break through. And, and it just reminds me how constantly we need to be lifting our eyes, right? We need to be lifting our eyes. We're bombarded with so much every single day. So we need to lift our eyes because that's where our, where our, the, his love comes from. That's where we'll have the source to be able to accomplish what we need to accomplish for him. You know, I believe um, as we are connected to Jesus, we are to be a thankful bunch of people that yes, are impacted by what can happen around us, but not allow it to change our outlook. And I think that's what we really, that when it comes to thankfulness, that's where we really need to keep our focus. Yeah, things will come, but we don't allow it to change our outlook. So there's this, there's this, deep, um, there's this deep gratitude of who Jesus is in our lives uh, that, we, that we're not shaken by everything that comes and everything that happens to us. Colossians 3.17 in the New King James, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. This is my daughter's favorite verse um, in Philippians 4.6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, make your requests known to the Lord, right? And with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, again, we just, again, that just reinforces that yes things will take place in our lives but we can we can go to the lord with thanksgiving and just present what's going on in our hearts um just going down to to another scripture in a second here um because we are all about jesus and we're to imitate him reminded of that in ephesians 5 1 um jesus not in Ephesians 5.1, we're to be imitators of him. That's what it says in Ephesians 5.1. But Jesus, he's giving thanks to the Father at the Last Supper, knowing what's to come. And in Matthew 26, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered, to, offered it to them. And like Jesus knew what was about to take place in his life, right? And yet... And yet he was still able to give thanks. It was the, the worst death that humanity has ever seen. And yet he followed through and he gave thanks because he had a bigger picture in mind. And, and I've discovered that giving thanks or being thankful shows you have big picture thinking, right? It, it shows that you have an, an eternal mindset and not a like earthly in the moment understanding, it's so easy to get fixed on the moment. But we have, to, we have to take a step back. That's what scripture calls us to do, is to take that step back and have big picture thinking, have an internal, an eternal mindset. That's what we're to have. And so that's how we're able to give thanks, is being grounded in the word, right? And having that eternal mindset. That's how we can be a people of 
giving thanks to the Lord in all circumstances. The next point is pass on his faithfulness. So pass on his thankfulness. Again, we're talking about what decisions can we make that are good for our hearts, but also good for like the next generation, right? Psalm 145 verses four says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. And in the passion, it says, generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. And so we see here that we have this responsibility, this, this assignment that, um, I guess, an assignment that doesn't, that doesn't need to be prayed about, but needs to be lived out. This is something that we should be living out. Like the, declaring his faithfulness daily should be something that we, that we simply live out. And in the Old Testament, we, we find an amazing account um, about passing along to future generations the faithfulness and the power of God. And so in Joshua 4, 20 to 24, it says, It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this. So all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so that your might fear, so that you, I feel like I probably typed that in wrong. Um, and so your might, you, so you might fear, might fear the Lord, your God forever. Thank you, honey. The priests carry the ark. Oh no, yeah, so that's it for that one. So he did this so all nations of the earth, um, might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you uh, may fear the Lord, your God forever. Amen. Yeah, so this is, you know, this is a, a pretty incredible account. I'm sure many of you have read it in the past. But one of the things that I think is also quite amazing about this passage is, is while this was taking place was during, during harvest, and it was known as, at that time, at, at flood stage. So, so it wasn't like... Um, there was like this three-foot path that many Israelites walked through. But it went all the way back to a town called Adam, which was about 29 kilometers away. So when you think about that, it's obviously further than Sylvan, further than Black Falls, Penhold, right? 29 kilometers away. And what's also cool about that is if the Red Deer River decided to back up a whole lot, like 29 kilometers most likely that would affect the communities around it, right? But in this particular story, God's so good. He's so powerful and so mighty. He, he actually just decides to have the water just go up in a, like a real large heap, right? And, and we read that again in Joshua 3.13. It says, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. 
And so you can read all of this in Joshua 3 and 4. I can't touch on, ev- on everything. But that is a mighty act of God. And we see again in that story where the, they were called to go back and grab, grab 12 large stones and they put them on their shoulder and then they bring them across on dry land so that future generations can hear of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. You know, I, I always like my son and I, Silas, will, will sometimes whether it's like down at the river or we were a few weekends ago, we were in Surrey. So we were down in white rock and we were down by the ocean and we were throwing rocks in the water or we'll go hiking and he'll throw wood in the, in, you know, in the river or whatever and waterfalls and different things. And he'll always look at a rock or something like that. He'll say, dad, you'll, no one will ever see this rock again. (laughs) Right. And I, I would agree with that apart from the Lord. Like if, if, ever, if ever he decides to do, you know, part the, the, uh, the Red Deer River, maybe that rock that you threw in there, we might, we might find it again. You know, obviously we build bridges now, so maybe the Lord doesn't have to do um, parting the seas. But, uh, but I'm just reminded just of like how faithful and how good God is. And so I'm reminded in our own lives, like what does that what does that mean for us, like passing on his faithfulness? And I would just say, it's just us, we tell our story. We highlight what God has done in our lives and then in the lives that have gone before us. We make the word of God central in all that we do. That's what, that's what it means for us in our daily lives so that we can pass on his faithfulness to future generations. And then we, we keep saying yes to God, Right? for what he wants to do in our lives, for our, in our lives. And, and, um, and, and we just keep saying, yes, God, we are open to what you want to do. We make ourselves ready. We press into God daily, right? In this next scripture, Joshua 3, 5, it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So we make ourselves ready for what the Lord wants to do in our daily lives. We make ourselves ready. We, we set ourselves apart and we say, God, we are here for what you want to do. Um, I'm just reminded of a story of my, my great-grandfather. He was alive during the Welsh Revival. And, um, and he, he, at the time, was a minor. And... Uh, and I'm, if you've ever read any of the stories um, in regards to the Welsh revival, like the ox and the camel, not camels, ox and, and all that kind of stuff, they were like, they, camels, I just went to the Middle East. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. Just, just, anybody been on a camel before? Did you ever do that in Wales? No. Okay. So, but they, there was such a move of God that the miners like continued to be, they were like, they, the, the ox and ox, can we say, yeah, ox. Okay. We'll just go ox. I should have like thought this story through a bit more before I told it, but the, the ox, they, they only knew how to listen to the miners if they were like swearing at them. Right. But because God did such an incredible work amongst those individuals, they were like being nice to the ox and they, the ox were just being stubborn because they, they only knew how to respond to like men cursing at them. Right. So God did this incredible move. Anyways, my, my grandpa was a part of the Welsh revival. And one of the things that my grandpa did was he actually decided to quit as a miner and, and felt the Lord call him to, to, 
to just preach the gospel. And so him and his, his family, they, they bought two double-decker buses, and they had a field, whether they owned the field, whether it didn't matter back then, I don't know. They, they took two double-decker buses, put them together. The main floor was kind of like their living area, kitchen, etc. And upstairs was sort of where they, their beds and all that sort of stuff. They had a, a, quite a large family. I think he was pretty creative. They had, there was a river close by, and so they ran, um, I think they used the engines of some somehow to to bring water up from the river so they had running water. They did all of these things because this is what the Lord had called him to do. And, um, and there were many times that, that they would go and they didn't have money to buy food or do whatever, but they wanted to be faithful to what the Lord had called them to do. And so, so they did that. And they would come home after a day of ministering the gospel and there would be food on the just like right there on the double-decker bus, ready to go. And I just share that story because it just reminds, it's a story that, that I hang on to that got passed down to me of just being obedient and faithful and making yourself ready for whatever the Lord wants to do in your life and saying yes so that you can maybe take that incredibly risky step, but, but when you do and you see what the Lord does through that, you can pass that on to the future generations, right? That's why I say it, because, you know, again, that was my great-grandfather, and then my, my grandma and my grandpa, they were ministers as well, and then my dad was a carpenter, which actually, like, is really good, because he paid for all of my schooling, so, because he made good money, he paid for my schooling, which helped me to be, you know, so there was a bit of a break in there of, like, ministering, like, say, from a stage or something along those lines, but, um, but it's, I just share that story about passing it along. And I'm just reminded even of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, where it says, we live by faith, not by sight. And, um, and I just even think of that of like, faith in who, right? Faith in the one who made the promise. That's when, we, when the Lord makes a promise to us, and when we take a step out, we keep our eyes fixed on him. And in Joshua 1, 1 to 3, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River in the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses." There was this promise. So, so, so what Joshua did when crossing the Jordan was not, a f- not faith in a good idea, right? But it was, it was faith in God and his purpose and promises. And, and I, I was just even reminded of last week, Pastor Jamie had mentioned um, an account of Abraham and Sarah. And these are kind of similar accounts of promises that God gives, right? The promise that God gave to Moses and Joshua, the promise that God gave to Abraham and Sarah, the promise of a son at an old age. And in Hebrews 11, 11, it says, the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. So again, it's not just a good idea. It's not like, oh, let's just see how this goes, right? It's this it's this, the Lord has made this promise, and so we're going to step out in that promise, in that purpose that he has for us. And, um, and so in that, we are to pass again on his, his faithfulness. When we take those steps, then we pass on his faithfulness. The beautiful part about this story of, of, uh, 
of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. And this might sound really, really rude in a second here, but Moses, Moses actually didn't make it into the promised land. And I just called that a beautiful part. But I think what's so important about that is, is there may be things that we invest in. There may be things that we that we pursue the promises that God calls us to do. And we may, need, we may not see the, the outcome of that. But as believers, we're called to do our part, right? We're called to step out in the promises and the purposes that God has for us. So knowing that, that God is faithful and he will continue on that work in future generations. And I think what's hard in today's culture to to wrap our brains around that is we we want to see things right now and i i don't doubt and i believe that the lord is is doing a work and he's doing things quicker and quicker and quicker and we need to just be like yes lord we're on board but at the same time i do believe that that there may be things that we invest in that we may not see right away but we're being faithful to what God's called us to do. And so again, I'm just reminded of like, say some great architects, you know, in Europe that would, would go, I'm going to build this huge cathedral as just as an example. And then they never get to see the finished product. Right. But I think as believers, how amazing it is that we, we can invest or we can give our time, our effort, our energy to so many different things so that the future generation will be blessed because of it. And we may pass on, but we, 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 will, we will know without beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is faithful to complete what he started, maybe in our lives by taking that step of faith. And so we want to keep reminding ourselves of that. And so, um, you know, uh, yeah, Deuteronomy 34.4, it says, Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants, I have let you see it with your eyes, right? So he saw it with the, well, it does say he saw it, like he actually saw it. But I think in our lives, we may see something in our spirit and we begin to invest in it and the next generation may enjoy that or experience it. He says, "I, uh, I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. He saw it, but he didn't step foot on it. Like, again, that is so beautiful to me and this reminder again of like, Julian, just be faithful with what God calls you to do. Just be faithful with what God, you don't know the outcome, but just be faithful with what he calls you to do. Step out in those promises that he's called you to do. Just be faithful because he will, he will fulfill it. And so this even uh, next, next week actually, and we mentioned it again on the video announcements that we're, we're going to be taking up our annual legacy offering. And, um, you guys know this, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jamie have highlighted this so many times. It's not about a building. Even the fact that we say annual uh, legacy offering is because this isn't, oh, we're buying a building. Oh, we better come up with like a really good name, uh, legacy offering. Let's implement it because we're buying a building. No, we've been, we've been doing this legacy offering for a number of years now because we just want to be ready for what the Lord has next for us. 
And so now what happens to be taking place is there's this building, right? But the building is simply a tool so we can reach the lost, so that we can reach the next generation. That's what we're investing in. We're investing in the kingdom so that the souls can be one, so that the next generation can be reached, so that believers can grow in their faith, so that they can be encouraged in their faith, so that they can accomplish all that God has for them, so that we can keep passing on to future generations the goodness and the faithfulness of God. That's what it's all about. And so um, as we step out in faith according to God's promises so that the next generation has a, a, a platform to launch from. And even Carrie said this the other day, and, and I don't think it's her own, but that our ceiling, right, our capacity would be the next generation's floor. That's our desire, that they would, that they would be just leaps and bounds above what what, has, what God has done in our lives, but we, that they would be, yeah, leaps and bounds ahead of what God has done in our lives, that our, that our ceiling would be their floor. And that's, that's our heart's desire as we move forward, as we take up that legacy offering. It's about investing in the kingdom. It's unto the Lord that we give. The last point for you this morning is proclaim that he is good. So we've embraced a lifestyle of thankfulness, pass on his faithfulness, and then proclaim that he is good. And in chapters 3 and 4 of Acts, we read this beautiful account of Peter and John proclaiming the goodness of God. And we've been having some prayer times in, on Sunday evenings. We've been having prayer times Wednesdays at, at noon. And they've been really, really amazing times of prayer and just declaring God's word over the city, over the region. But one of the, and one of the things that's been coming a lot is, is souls. Is, is just the, the Lord's love and desire to see people coming into the kingdom. And this story I read a couple weeks ago. Pastor Joel read it three weeks ago. It's kind of been read a number of times, but it's such an impactful story of, of what Peter and John, um, what God did through Peter and John. And we first read in Acts chapter 3 at the very beginning that, on just an ordinary day, Peter and John are going up to the temple gate and they see a man at the temple gate and, um, and he asks for money and, and they say, well, silver and gold, we don't, we don't have that, but what we have rise up and walk. And so the man gets up and he walks, right? Um, and so onlookers begin to ask questions and then Peter and John explain, like, this is not by our own power. This is not by our own, like, godliness or anything like that, right, that made this man walk. It's because of Jesus. It's because of faith in Jesus. And, and they, they begin to um, share more and more about what Jesus is doing and who Jesus is. And then in chapters 4, um, we see the religious leaders of the time I'm not happy with what Peter and John are doing, right? Which really simply, it is they are doing what Jesus did. That's all they're doing. They're doing exactly what Jesus modeled for them to do. And, um, and so what happens is they throw them in jail for the night because it was the end of the day and they didn't want to deal with everything. So they throw them in jail for the night. And uh, which, you know, just in that moment when they throw them in jail for the night we see that the number of 
those coming to Christ increases from 3,000 to 5,000. So within less than a 24-hour period, in that particular case, we see 2,000 people come to Christ, which is so beautiful. Again, because they're doing what Jesus modeled for them to do. And then basically they're told to stop declaring Jesus, right? And then this is their reply that we read in Acts 4, 19 to 20. It says, but Peter and John replied, which is, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I love, it's so simple. It just brings everything into a nutshell. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard, right? We need to um, just simply be and do what the Bible says. In, in Acts 4, going back about 10 chapters, in verses 9 and 10, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called into or called to account today for an act of kindness, some translations will say good deeds, shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. And I don't need to read the rest. But here we see proclaiming the goodness of God is showing who Jesus is and what we are for. That's, it's really, really simple. It's about, we, we declare what we've seen and heard, and we have all in this room experienced the kindness and the goodness of God, and it, it's what leads to repentance, and so that is to be our focus as we proclaim the goodness, right? Like, yes, we are to understand the times that we are living in, right? That's important. Yes, we are to, to, um, to uphold the word of God in every single area of our lives. Yes, we are, uh, it talks about in Matthew 10, 16, that we are to be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And I love how it, it explains it in one translation. I think it's the Amplified. It says, listen carefully. I am sending you out like sheep among, among, among wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. It says, have no self-serving agenda. And I love that because it just reminds me again of like, in what I'm doing, do I have God's agenda? As I declare, as I, as I live my life, do I have God's agenda? And I think that's really, really important because he gives us promises and we, we want to take these steps of what we've seen and heard, right, of what Jesus has done in our lives and through our lives and in the lives of others. We, want, we talk about what has been seen and what, is, what we've heard and we declare that. We declare those, those promises to people and that's how we show the goodness of God. Again, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It's not angry Christians. And I think that's what, when I read through again Acts 3 and 4, it was just like they, they just... I, they, I, I wouldn't say peacefully, but they just confidently in the boldness of the Holy Spirit spoke what they believed, what they understood to be truth from the Lord. And that's what changed hearts. And they did it with kindness. They did it with goodness, right? And, and many people came to the Lord. 
And so that's what I want to remind us of this morning. Again, and that we wouldn't have that that self-serving agenda. We wouldn't be angry at the world, but that we would just show that love of the Lord to every single person that we come into contact with. You know, what I love about that story as well is, is it just simply says at the very beginning, one day, Peter and John went. And, and because they ended up being in prison overnight, there was a bit of a delay, but there was 36 hours later, it ended not so normal, didn't it? That day ended not so normal. They took a step of faith. They, they, they declared healing over someone. That person walked. Then many, many came to Christ because they just declared what they have seen and heard from Jesus. And that made all the difference. So we have that, we have that opportunity to start our days out normal, but see them end not so normal by just stepping out in that kindness and the goodness of God that we have experienced. We're called to proclaim his goodness. And in verse four of, of Acts, or Acts four, sorry, verse 33, it says, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. And I'm just reminded, and I just want to encourage us with this. It's like, we are saved by grace through faith. That's the, that's, that's grace work at salvation, right? It's that grace is getting what we don't deserve. But here in this verse, I see that those that were proclaiming the goodness of God were experiencing a greater measure of grace working in and through them. And I truly believe as I read that verse, because sometimes it's, it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit uncomfortable for lack of better words. It's a little bit risky taking those steps for some of us, maybe not for all of us, to take those steps of proclaiming the goodness of God in your everyday life. But but know this, God's grace will be powerfully at work in you. When you take, I, I believe when you take those steps out, there's, there's a, there's, there's like a, as this scripture says, there's, there's a, a boldness that can come upon us that's just not normal. There's a grace that can come upon us that's not just what we're experiencing every day. When we take that step of faith, I believe that the Lord is, is with you in a very unique way because you're, you're taking that risky step of faith to proclaim his goodness. And I think when he, when he sees that in, in us, it's like, okay, I'm with you. And sometimes... Uh, I think Leanne even mentioned this just at prayer on last last Wednesday was that was we don't we don't always know what the Lord's what he, what the Lord wants to say in that moment, but we we're called to take that step, and and the Lord will fill our fill our mouth with what needs to be said to that person as we share that goodness of the Lord, and that doesn't mean you you just go willy nilly into situations, but when you feel that prompting. You, you take that step of faith. And even when maybe you don't feel that prompting, let's, let's use our voices to proclaim the goodness of God because ultimately that is what leads people to repentance. It's obviously the work of the Holy Spirit, but God uses us every day to speak about his goodness, to speak about, his, to speak about who he is. And that is attractive to people. People want to hear what God is doing. And so... Um, yeah, I guess what I would end with simply is, uh, is 
is use your voice to declare who God is in your life. And, and I really believe that as we proclaim his goodness with our voice, the trajectory of people's lives will change. It truly will change as we declare his goodness. And uh, just as it did for Peter and John. Um, I'll just end here with this scripture again, going back to guard your heart above all else for everything you do flows from it. You know, I believe that scripture is truer now than ever. Like it's always been true. It will always, it will continue to be true. But I really believe with so much that is constantly being thrown at us every single day that we need to guard our hearts. And not just for our own self, but so that we can ultimately, right, um, declare God's promises so that we can declare his goodness, so that we can be a thankful people that catch other people's attentions, so that we can be a generation that will pass on the faithfulness to the next generation. That's what we want to be doing, guarding our hearts so that we can ultimately live these three pillars in our lives, that we would be a thankful people, that we would proclaim his goodness, that we would pass on to the next generation his faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand together. just want to pray for you just as we wrap up. Lord, thank you for who you are in our lives. Lord, thank you for your, your faithfulness. Thank you that you have incredible plans and purposes for this assembly, for each person in the sound of my voice. Lord, help us to guard our hearts. Help us to, to, to recognize that Yes, life is throwing a lot at us, but as we get into as we get into your word, as we declare your word, Lord, over our lives and over the lives of others, that things can be different. Lord, thank you that that yeah, things influence us, but again, as we get into your word, they don't have to impact us. Lord, thank you for for this church as we move forward into the things that you have, Lord. I know that it there are some great days ahead and I know there have been some great days that we've already experienced. And so as a church, we say yes to you. We say yes to your plans and your promises and your purposes. We say yes to everything that you want to accomplish in Red Deer in and, in and through our lives in this region. We say yes to you. We say yes. And so Lord, today as we, as we go, Lord, let us, Help us to remember these three pillars. Help us to remember that, that it, it's beautiful to come and gather together to worship you in this place, to, to sing, to hear your word. But Lord, this word is to empower us to go and to be the examples you've called us to be in our circle of influence, in our areas of work, in our areas of school, wherever we are. Lord, we have, um, we have the opportunity to declare who you are. And so I ask, Lord, that you would give us boldness that we've never experienced before to be, to be truth tellers, to, to declare who you are. Lord, help us to take those steps of faith. Help us to, to take those steps that are a little bit risky. Help us to totally trust in you as we take those steps. Lord, we thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. You've called us to, 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 to declare your word 
to go and make disciples of all nations. And so we say yes to your plans. We say yes to your call on our lives. In Jesus' name.